0: Welcome to What the Food with Karen Van Barneveld. Much of the time, we mindlessly consume food without really thinking about what's in it and how it affects us. Not only is some food addictive, it also might be unsafe. On our program, you'll find the answers about why food is addictive, how it affects us, and how to find a safe route to better health. Now, here's your host, Karen Van Barneveld. Hey, this is Karen Van Barneveld with
1: WTF, What the Food, where we shed light on otherwise dark truths about how conventional food has become a main focus between sickness and wealth. And I have Karen Russell from Karen's Gluten-Free Bakery in Sedona with me today. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show, Karen.
2: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: You're welcome, Um, I'm going to tell you folks, you listeners, a little bit about Karen. Years ago, she started eating gluten and dairy-free because of fibromyalgia and chronic insomnia. And her dietary changes absolutely changed her life, and she was hooked. Karen had to learn how to cook and bake with completely different ingredients than most people would use, and it took time. But then... A whole new world opened up, and she was able to make food that tasted great. And I remember when we first started hearing about organic and gluten-free, and everything gluten-free to me tasted like cardboard. That's changed a lot. (laughs) And as a health coach, uh, Karen wanted people to have access to a better-tasting product that had better ingredients. And now using only the best ingredients, Karen's Gluten-Free Bakery in Sedona, Arizona brings you the most delicious gluten and dairy-free baked goods that give you energy and make you feel good, too. I know that I've had her, uh, I think it was the cookies, the uh, chocolate or some Yeah, kind of chocolate chip. Yeah, yeah, one of my favorite cookies. And I had those at uh, Natural Grocers years ago. But each cookie and pastry is handmade with love. That's the best kind of cookie you can eat. And when you eat one of her cookies, you will know how good gluten-free can be. So Karen, again, thank you. And you say you had fibromyalgia. Can you explain to our listeners what that
2: is and how it presents itself? Yeah, um, fibromyalgia is where... um, you are kind of achy in different places in your muscles and your body. Um, and also, I had chronic insomnia, which kind of went hand in hand with the fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. So, I was chronically tired and sore, it seemed like, mm-hmm. all the time. And I, I really didn't know how to resolve that.
1: So, how, how about gluten sensitivities as they relate to um, allergies,
2: yeah, so the gluten sensitivity um, had a lot to do with the insomnia. I would have never connected those dots. But because my body wasn't digesting the gluten very well, it was keeping me awake. And it was part of the uh, issue of the insomnia. And then when you don't get enough sleep, it kind of wears on your adrenal glands, which can oh. cause you to be more achy and that type of thing.
1: Sure. Sure. Well, and that,
2: I'm sure, affected your work and your, your personal life and everything. Oh, it affected everything because, as you know, if you don't get enough sleep, you it affects you physically and mentally. Yeah. And were you a health coach during that time? I was not. Um, I was actually working in a hospital as a registered dietetic technician, mm. just helping people learn how to eat healthier. And um, I also worked in nursing homes. Uh, too, as a dietetic technician.
1: So when you found out about your gluten and your sensitivities, I'll bet that was a real uh, wide door opener for you for teaching other people.
2: Oh, yes. Uh, You know, so everything that I went through helped me to help other people learn what they needed to do to resolve some of their health issues related to eating gluten and dairy and processed sugar.
1: Now, you wrote a book titled Gluten-Free Living, and you say that you have a recipe for chocolate chip cookies that started the baking journey. How would you,
2: uh, would you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. Um, I would make this chocolate chip cookie every time I went to a party or a picnic (laughs) or a holiday, and everybody would scarf them up uh, because they were so good. And I decided to uh, try selling them at the farmer's market, and then I sold them in a health food store here, and it just my business just kind of grew from that. But I knew that that cookie needed to be out in the stores and getting to people because a lot of the gluten-free products in the store were made with really not so good ingredients Mm -hmm. and full of sugar. So uh, that's kind of how my um, gluten-free baking business started. From one little cookie. From one cookie. And And a lot of people. tweaked it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I tweaked it. I added some chia seed and, um, you know, kind of perfected the recipe a little bit so that it could hold up um, to withstand being in the store. Uh Uh-huh.
1: So what does the average person not know about what's in those baked goods? You say that um, a lot of the gluten-free that you were finding on the shelves had some stuff that wasn't that great. What
2: was that? Right. Well, first of all, a lot of times uh, gluten-free uh, cookies or other baked goods or crackers um, can be full of regular uh, processed sugar. That's one thing. And then also a lot of times they use less um, expensive flours like rice flour and different things like that and additives to um, you know, be able to make more of a profit on the product but it, it doesn't really help the taste or the, you know, it's not healthy for people and there's not enough fiber and the sugar just um, increases your blood sugar when you eat it. So that can lead to things like diabetes and and different things that you really don't want. Um, Not to mention the taste is much better when you use uh, quality ingredients, Uh, but I can, you know, I know why they do it. Uh, It's in order to make money, but I would rather have more expensive ingredients and pay more for it uh, to feel healthier and to appreciate it for sure. Well, I would rather eat those
1: product your products too. Yeah. I've I tried making uh, gluten free cookies and baked goods and things like that, and making my own gluten free flour with the rice flour, the sweet rice, white rice, and brown rice flours, and. Um, things things like that, and, and they never seem to really come out with the right texture. They come out gooey. No, the uh,
2: the rice flour uh, is more drying, and so it will make a drier product most times. Sometimes I'll add a little bit of rice flour um, to certain things, but not very many, and I just use uh, a smaller amount, and I mix it with other flours, but Typically, I don't use it very often. Um, I use more things like almond flour and sorghum flour um, that have a little bit of fiber to them. So
1: the difference between your gluten-free and your conventional gluten-free is basically, you know, you're, you're using better ingredients. Are they organic ingredients or...
2: Yeah, I use some organic ingredients. My products are not 100% organic. They're probably 70% organic. That's pretty So nice. As much as I can. And even the other ingredients that I use, I really try to find a good source always um, mm-hmm. for my, my uh, ingredients. What kind of sugar do you use? Um, a lot of times I use coconut sugar, organic coconut sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll use some a little bit of maple syrup for moistness. So I tend to combine uh, my sweeteners just like I combine my flowers. I tend to do that a lot.
1: Okay, what what kind of a percentage would you put on the, can you you even figure that out as a percentage? Yeah, (laughs)
2: it's hard to say, but I would say I use mostly the coconut sugar. In my cookies, I use the coconut nectar because I need a more liquid sweetener Mm -hmm. um, and the maple syrup. But I like to use uh, some of the coconut sugar or nectar because it's lower glycemic. Oh, well, that's good to know because I use coconut sugar
1: for just about everything. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So what is maltodextrin and why is it used in everything from baked goods to supplements? I was
2: really upset when I learned it was in my regular supplements years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, maltodextrin is made from grains. It's like a powder that's, um, it could be from corn, rice, potato, or wheat. And they put that in there as a filler most times. Uh, And, you know, I'm not positive how much of a, you know, like as far as using it for, um, you know, as far as a shelf life, that kind of thing. But I do know it can be like a filler in things. And it is from different grains. Well, then it could
1: be a GMO if
2: it comes from different grains. Yeah, it could be grains. for sure. Oh, for sure. Because if it doesn't say non-GMO, then it's probably GMO. Yeah. So is organic maltodextrin better or is it okay? Um, I mean, it would be slightly better just because it's organic. Um, but it still wouldn't be probably the best thing depending on how much was in there. Um, if there's a lot of it in there, it wouldn't be the greatest thing just because um, there's no fiber in that. That's kind of like a, from a starch. But And it depends on, you know, a lot of people are trying to eat grain-free also and stay away from starches. So in that case, it wouldn't be a good thing. Yeah. So
1: going through some of the flours that you use in your products, mm-hmm. you said sorghum. I mean, rice flour. Um, what are some of the other flours that you use in your I use,
2: products? I use um, almond flour, sorghum. I use um, tapioca starch and oh, yeah. potato starch in smaller amounts. And um, I'm trying to think what other ones. I use millet flour and quinoa flour. Oh. So I, I use a, a variety of different flours. And a lot of times I mix some of the flowers together and I will add things like ground flax or ground chia seed to give the product more fiber and more nutrition. So that's kind of how I do it. So you're almost like a little chemist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, without being precise, just kind of doing it uh, to, you know, the way it feels right. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you said that,
1: uh, or I saw on your website that you have sourdough. How is your sourdough
2: different from what I can get in the store that says organic? Well, I don't know of any other true gluten-free sourdough out there. I know there's sourdough bread, but it's usually made from wheat. And there are some claims out there that when you ferment the sourdough bread that it breaks down the gluten and it's no longer there, but I really don't believe that because I tested that with a gluten-free tester and the bread still had high gluten content. So really? I do a true gluten-free sourdough and it's a two-day process. Mm-hmm. So we we take out the starters, we let them uh, activate for about four hours, and then we put the bread together and we let it ferment overnight and then we bake it the next day. So... Um, And it is, there's no yeast in that bread. It's only the sourdough starter. So it's a little denser, but it's delicious.
1: That's exactly how I make my sourdough. And I just finally figured it out recently. Yeah, it takes a while. (laughs) And it's a two-day process, but oh my goodness, it's so, so worth it.
2: Yes. And I tried, I did an experiment where I tried to ferment it longer than two days. I thought, well, maybe it'll be better and maybe it'll get bigger but it actually did the opposite. <laughs> it actually got a little smaller huh. and it really didn't benefit the, the bread. It got super sour um, and it wasn't as tasty. So uh, I stick with the two-day process. Well, wow, that's interesting. Uh-huh. So what is paleo bread? So paleo bread, paleo just means no grain. So okay. there's no grain in it. So when I make my paleo bread, I use cassava flour and I use um, almond flour, again, adding some flax and some arrowroot and different things like that. But there's no, um, like, rice or, or any uh, grain in there. Okay. Everybody's, well, not everybody, but a
1: lot of people are going grain-free. So I guess that's a, a real big seller right now for you, huh?
2: Yeah. Well, that and um, some people are on the keto kick and, um, you know... I don't make a lot of keto products right now. I'm, I'm slowly making a few. I do a flourless chocolate cake that's keto friendly. And uh, at my bake shop, I have some keto chocolates that another company makes for me that are organic, that oh. are pretty tasty, actually.
1: Well, that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Are all of your products
2: uh, dairy and soy free? Yes. Everything I do is uh, gluten free, dairy free soy-free and processed sugar-free. Mm-hmm. And what was the reason for going um, dairy and soy-free? Um, dairy, well, dairy, when, back when I was trying to figure things out about my health, um, I went through some testing. And it, the testing showed that my body was inflamed when I ate dairy, which I kind of suspected, but I wasn't positive. And actually, when I gave up dairy, my sinus infections started to go away. I would have never connected those two things, but dairy can cause mucus in the body, and it certainly does in me, and lead to things like bronchitis, sinus infections, things like that. So um, I just went ahead and eliminated dairy, and along with the gluten, and it really helped with a lot of different things.
1: Hmm. And I see your products are sold in natural grocers and Whole Foods, Yes. How easy yeah. was it to get your products in those stores? Well, um,
2: it took me almost two years <laughs> to get my uh, products in natural grocers. But I finally, and I gave up at one point and then started again. You have to be really pretty persistent. Hmm. Uh, and then uh, as far as Whole Foods, um, my, I was picked up by a local distributor in Arizona and they actually, uh, Whole Foods orders from the distributor. The distributor orders cases of cookies from me, and I give them the cookies, and then they freeze them and give them to Whole Foods when they order.
1: Ah. So there is a little bit of a, a go-between between you yes. and uh, the end result being uh, natural grocers and Whole Foods.
2: Well, natural a- grocers, they order directly from me, but
1: Whole Foods. Oh, okay. Okay does don't they have a higher price point well
2: yes i know they do <laughs> yeah they do and then i have to you know i don't make as much you know on my products through the distributor but it's a it's a good thing to be in whole foods i think in some different stores
1: yeah and, you know, like I, I try to tell people that you know, that tell me they can't afford to eat organic because it's too expensive. And I try to relate the fact that if they don't eat organic and healthy now and pay for that, they're going to pay later with the right. doctors and with lack of work or, you know, totally. being sick and everything else. So mm-hmm. and also when you do buy a lot of uh, fruits and vegetables, produce, et cetera, uh, at the farmer's markets, you, you, you do pay a little bit more, but it's nourishment. It's real nourishment for your oh, body. Totally. And your oh. body doesn't have that um, reaction of the high sugar and then the low. Right. And your body's saying, I'm still hungry when you're eating processed and sugars and things like that. And oh,
2: definitely.
1: So sure. when you're yeah, when you're eating uh real nutritious food, your body doesn't
2: need as much. Right. And I always tell people, you know, not only can you enjoy these products, but the bonus is you can feel good after. And right. it's your quality of life that matters really.
1: Yes, it is. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So where else can we
2: find Karen's Gluten-Free Products? Um, You can find them on my website at karensglutenfreeliving.com.
1: Okay. Are you on uh, Facebook or Twitter? Oh, yes. I'm on Facebook and Instagram also. And how long have you been open with your new bakery in uh, Sedona?
2: Um, Only been open for a couple months. How's that working during covid It's actually working very well. I've been pretty busy and I have a lot of good support um, with the people in Sedona because they know me. They know my products um, and they, you know, they've supported me at the farmer's market for the last seven years also. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really nice. And I um, have a reputation of having good products. And so the word is getting out there and it's really uh, been a good thing.
1: Great. Well, you have children or grandchildren? or
2: Yes, I have children and grandchildren.
1: And how is it for you to talk
2: to them about gluten-free? <laughs> That's funny. Um, my family is not really into eating gluten-free. And because I'm either the mother or the grandmother um, or the sister, uh, I cannot convince them uh, that it's a good thing to do. Um, although... My youngest son, he knows he feels better when he doesn't eat gluten. So I think overall, he, yeah, my younger son um, overall avoids gluten because he knows he feels better. But, you know, most people in my family, uh, they like what I make, but they don't necessarily uh, eat gluten free. So, but I'm always open to helping them uh, if they have questions or have any issues, that's for sure. That can be very
1: frustrating. I know I have um, children and grandchildren and now great-grandchildren for the last, well, I think my oldest great-grandson is six years old. Um, and it's it's difficult when, you know, they come from all kinds of demographics um, and uh, they can afford to eat it or they can't afford to eat it or they're already, you know, presenting with ADD or ADHD or, um, pre-diabetes and, you know, I look at what they eat and it's frustrating. Very frustrating. I mean, it just breaks my heart to watch it. And then- then there's some of them that will call me or text me pictures of something and say, is this okay, Grandma?
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I just absolutely love it when they do that. I know. That's a good thing. Or if they ask you uh, any health questions, you know, Mm -hmm. my granddaughter asked me a few in October about losing weight and uh, all of that and how hard it is for her. And so I tried to give her just some simple tips about avoiding sweet tea and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But I well, was happy she even asked me any
1: questions. <laughs> of course. Well, you mentioned your son, and um, didn't he, does he have a, a sensitivity, did you say, to
2: milk or dairy? Um, no, he, you know, my kids sometimes they realize they don't feel that great when they eat certain things but they still don't overall avoid them. But my kids are related to me, so they definitely probably have a sensitivity to, to dairy and to gluten, for sure. Yeah. Um, I see on your website
1: that you've got gluten-free vegan chocolate. What is the vegan part of the
2: chocolate? That's no dairy, correct? right. There's no dairy. And my cookies are just naturally vegan because there's no egg in them. The ones that I sell at Whole Foods and -hmm. in the bags. Um, So I have some products like my sourdough bread that's vegan and my my cookies, like I said. And then I have other things like my paleo brownies and paleo bread that has egg in it. But there's no dairy.
1: Okay, and when you say there's no egg in it, but you probably use like chia seeds or uh, right. flax
2: seeds instead yes. of the eggs. And my cookies have chia seed in them. Okay, so they're also,
1: very good for you. <laughs> they're good for you, even yeah, with the chocolate. With uh-huh. the well, cocoa is really good for you. It's an antioxidant. Yeah, if it's good cocoa, um, and I see also that. You say that Americans going gluten-free tripled since
2: 2009? Oh, yeah. I think more and more people are, you know, eating gluten-free. And, you know, what really makes me excited is when somebody comes into the bake shop and they're so happy that they could eat anything in here. (laughs) They're just excited. Um, So I really feel a sense of purpose to help people um, be able to have some quality things to eat and enjoy what they're eating, too. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm looking on
1: your blog, and I see, you know, how do you treat your body? We are what we eat. What determines what we eat? Right. We're only given one body for life. Mm -hmm. Can
2: you expand on that? Um, You know, because what we eat really can either keep us healthy or eventually cause disease as far as I know. And people just don't realize how important it is what they're putting in their bodies. So I think they feel like maybe they won't be able to have anything good or they won't have any treats or, you know, they won't be able to eat bread or that kind of thing. And it's really not true because there are products out there that are made with good ingredients like when I do And so people could eat that way and stay healthy and hopefully prevent uh, some diseases from happening.
1: Well, that's the ultimate is especially now with everything that we have to deal with, not only, you know, with the COVID, but just basic bad health in in this country and all over the world. And it's um, primarily most of it's related to food. You know, we really are what we eat. We definitely are what we eat. For sure. And you talk about um, stress eating and wanting to eat something sweet or salty to feel better. Right. What do you What do you recommend to people that do stress eating?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. You know, um, there's other ways, of course, to relieve stress besides eating. And, you know, maybe going for a walk or doing a meditation or... You know something else. Um, I know it's sometimes easier said than done, but you know it's a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. If instead of stress eating, you pick up and go for a walk, and then you feel better, and then hopefully you don't feel as much like eating. Then, right. Um, as long as I think people allow themselves uh, some healthier treats now and then, that that's really helpful also to prevent stress eating because. If you deny yourself constantly from having anything sweet, even healthier things, then it's kind of setting you up for going off the deep end. Right, for disaster. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, listeners,
1: you can find more information about Karen's Gluten-Free Bakery on Facebook. Are you on Twitter or Instagram? I'm on Instagram,
2: and I, it's called Karen's Gluten-Free Bake Shop. Bake Shop. Yes, or it might be, you know, I'm not sure how I have it on there. It might be Karen's Bake Shop (laughs) Gluten-Free. It's one way or the other, but it's a bake shop. All -hmm. right. Well,
1: stick with us and come back after the break. We're going to talk a little bit more with Karen about gluten-free living.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing
0: that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson, breast cancer survivor and advocate. She helps by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific
1: Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice of America Health and Wellness Channel.
0: Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you sometimes feel like being healthy and living pain-free is beyond your reach? If you are plagued by poor health and worried that you'll have to live with it for the rest of your life, we have good news for you. There is hope, and it starts right here, right now. Join host Stephanie Parrish for the Vitality Health Show. You'll learn about alternative therapies and natural solutions that really work. Reclaim your good health and your quality of life. Listen to the Vitality Health Show every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. If you or somebody you love is dealing with an addiction to alcohol or drugs, you may be looking for all kinds of answers. Let Recovery Radio with host Zach Crouch be your guide. Zach Crouch will speak with experts and share personal stories of addiction recovery. You'll also learn what's beyond the surface of mental health, root causes of addiction, and more. Most importantly, we'll explore the solutions and treatments to get you back on track. Recovery Radio. New episodes are available every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You are listening to What the Food. To reach Karen Van Barneveld or her guest on the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to karen at whatthefoodfilm.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to
1: WTF What the Food. I'm with Karen Russell, the owner of Karen's Gluten-Free Bakery. A bakery or Bake Shop? A Bake Shop. Bake Shop in uh-huh. Sedona. And Karen has been talking about eating gluten-free, obviously. And um, we want to talk to her about, I want to ask you about some of the stories of clients that you used to have that have... Um, had some great results going gluten-free.
2: Can you share some of those stories? Sure. Uh, yeah, I've, I've talked to many people um, that have had different issues. Um, some of the issues that have been resolved through eating gluten-free would be things like uh, rheumatoid arthritis and chronic headaches, digestive issues, um maybe psoriasis, you know, Mm. things like that, unexplained rashes. And um, really, you know, any type of health issue that someone has uh, could be related to eating certain foods that you can't digest. So that could be gluten, it could be dairy, it could be other foods too, along with, um, you know, pathogens or, you know, the body being out of balance and so i used to help people through testing saliva testing to figure out all those different issues and kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together to uh, create a more healthy environment in the body and you know some of those issues would be helped and resolved through how they were eating and other things too So there's uh,
1: the issue that sugar increases inflammation in the body and can
2: feed pathogenic microorganisms in the gut. For sure, definitely. And and also, uh, the three things that are in the American diet, um, you know, the gluten, dairy, and sugar also happen to be very addictive. And so, you know, the thing is people get addicted to these things and it's hard to get off of it, just like a drug because sugar is like a drug, and also gluten. Um, So people sometimes have a hard time eliminating them from their diet because they're addicted to them, which is why I always suggest to people that they try to stay off of them religiously as much as they can because as soon as they add it back in, they can become addicted again. And then it's hard to stop eating it again, and it's a vicious cycle.
1: Yeah, it really is. Because, you know, your, your sugar increases serotonin in the brain, serotonin, serotonin makes us feel good. But when we're eating refined sugars, that's a false signal. Right? Right. Definitely. So, and, and the foods are made specifically and intentionally to keep you addicted. Yes. And there's something called a mouthfeel. And then there's, uh, you know, all the, the chemical additives that are put in processed foods. I mean, at one point I was um, speaking with a friend of mine who has uh, written a couple of books. And she said, well, she's a chemist. And uh-huh. she was just appalled to find out that there was something in the box of uh, cake mix that she used to love to make for herself that was used as a cleaning agent for floors. Wow. (laughs) And, yeah, and just what she said, wow, or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And uh, it really started to make her question and read labels. So, you know, I I really uh, recommend that everybody read labels, of course. Um, When did you start? When did you start reading your labels? Was it before you started having these um, problems with gluten?
2: No, it was, I probably started reading labels uh, once I started investigating everything and trying to figure out how to get healthy. And, you know, one of the reasons that I really knew I was on a mission and needed to figure it out is because my father was a physician and he died at age 58 of cancer. Wow! And when I turned 50, I knew I had to figure out a different way to live than he lived because I didn't want to die in my 50s like he did. Mm-hmm. So that was a big lesson for me. And I started doing so much research. And, you know, I went to school to become a health coach so that I could go off on my own. And that's when I really started learning more um, and researching more, finding out about chemicals and Uh, ingredients. And as a health coach, I used to take people to the grocery store and show them how to read labels Mm -hmm. and what to look at on the label, how to look at the grams of sugar and to look at the ingredients because the ingredients mean everything. And you don't want to buy something that has bad ingredients. Right. And the, the first ingredient
1: on the package is the one that has the highest content percentage. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at a package that, you know, they've got the sugars listed first, then you know it's extremely high in sugar or corn syrup or,
2: you know, something of that nature. Oh, for sure. And then, you know, there's a way to look at the grams of sugar. I would show them uh, how to look at that and divide by four. And that would show them how uh, how many teaspoons of sugar were in the, in a serving, which would give them a good visual and help them know whether to buy it or not. Of course. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Well, when we're stressed,
1: you said chemicals are released, the chemicals that would be released. Well, this is the uh, fight or flight. um, If a wild animal were chasing you, a saber-toothed tiger. Right. And of course, this is the uh, response that we have to survive is to run away from the tiger. But we're under stress every single day now i so know so we're constantly under a barrage of uh of stress yes and those hormones that are being released are not helping us you want to talk a little bit about that
2: yeah uh, you know when we're stressed like that constantly stressed it increases the cortisol in the body which can also lead to weight gain too and you know, it can be a very stressful thing for your adrenals. And that doesn't help anything. So, you know, it's it's really a good thing to try to decrease stress in any way we can. Um, even deep breathing, you know, and eating nutritional uh, foods and getting enough sleep, which is huge. Yeah. Getting enough sleep is really important, uh, to the adrenals and to your energy level, and when you don't get enough sleep, sometimes you feel like eating more uh, because you're out of whack. And so, it's real important if somebody can't sleep to try to figure it out. And like in my case, it was related to things I was eating. And again, you know that I would have never put those pieces of the puzzle together. And if I would have went to the doctor, you know. I was given sleeping pills and that kind of thing, but never really got to the root problem until I figured it out.
1: Yeah, and you also mentioned that we really don't need to eat when we're in that state of stress because our bodies aren't good at digesting.
2: Yes, because our digestion kind of shuts down during that time. Right. And uh, we don't digest as well.
1: Yeah, when you're in the sympathetic or the parasympathetic or you're releasing cortisol or DHEA. Um, you know, there's there, there's good hormones and there's not so good hormones that right. can be released in in this uh, fight or flight. And I know that in when I'm teaching my uh, restorative and yoga nidra classes and yoga classes, it's all about trying to find balance between our emotions and our bodies and our spirits and everything else, and and I also like to include some nutritional guidance in there of, sure. when they're not receptive necessarily. But you also talk about during a stress response, saliva decreases, and large food particles are more likely to ferment in the gut. Yeah. What does that mean?
2: Right. They uh, and also um, you know any kind of bacteria um, or organisms that are in the gut uh, will feed off of some of the things that are kind of just not digesting and especially the the carbohydrates and sugars, um, which really makes them, uh, you know, more active and and feeds them, which is never a good thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's just really good to be able to digest your food well. And not feed uh, and get the organisms out of balance. Because we all have organisms, but it's when they get out of balance that causes the problems. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, how do you feel about
1: GMOs?
2: Yeah, I really think that they are not a good thing. And it's hard. I don't think the body recognizes GMOs. And those would, I think, be hard. Uh, for the body to digest. And so, you know, it's it's always good to get non-GMO corn or things like that uh, as much as you can because um, the genetically modified foods are foreign to the body, and I feel like it, it just harms the digestive system.
1: Yeah, well, they've been shown to uh, create leaky gut syndrome right. because they uh the glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup, attacks the, the cell wall and uh, creates permeation in the cell wall and the stomach uh-huh. lining. So, you know, that's one of the things that we've got a huge problem with is leaky gut syndrome and even in children. And they're finding that in uh, in lots of food because it's in corn, corn syrup. And it's in beets, beet sugar, right? For and, sure. Uh, it's in a, it's in some squash and some grains, and uh, it's uh, omnipresent.
2: Yes, in our, and that's in our why world. some of the gluten free foods that have regular sugar, um, you know, some of the sugar in those products is genetically modified. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and and if you want
1: to go. Completely organic, then that's supposed to be non-GMO. But right. non-GMO is not necessarily organic, and right. even organics, uh, if they're grown in the field and they're grown organically without pesticides and herbicides, etc., mm-hmm. can be sprayed and route to the grocery store right. and not be labeled as such.
2: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So when when you're eating at home with your family, what kind of uh meals do you provide? I know you're not so you're not serving them all bakery goods.
2: No. Um yeah, are you talking about my family like my kids and my grandkids? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I you know, unfortunately I don't get to see them very often oh. because they live uh back east. But, um, you know, when I am with them, you know, I I have my, like, say for a holiday, I have my own version of green bean casserole, which is delicious that they all love, even though it's not, it's non-dairy. And, um, you know, I do some things like a roast and different things that um, potatoes, twice baked potatoes and things like that. I just do it my way with my ingredients and really everybody loves them. Um, no matter what and of course they love my desserts too even though they don't eat the same way I do for sure so
1: they have to eat <clears throat> excuse me they have to eat the uh, the healthy food to get to the desserts
2: and and the desserts are always going to be made the way I make them so I can eat them too um, and they they love them they also of course love the regular desserts but um, that you know if I'm the one cooking then I don't cook regular desserts right it, and I don't do I do everything the way that I do it always and I never um, change that
1: <laughs> so you mentioned that um, your business has not uh, I mean you just opened recently right in in right. the shopping center in Sedona
2: and Yeah, just a couple months ago and it's doing really well even under the yes. circumstances yes believe it or not I mean People still need to eat and people still, and they, people want comfort also. And I think that people really enjoy eating fresh baked bread and baked goods, even during this time, especially during this time. Mm -hmm. And it's comforting uh, to people and they're going to buy it anyway, whether they buy it from me or buy it from the store. And because I've been doing this for a long time here. People know about me, and they're excited that I have a spot now. <laughs>
1: well, I'm excited. I wish I lived in Sedona sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to come visit. I will definitely come and visit. Uh-huh. And uh, your storefront looks fabulous. And yeah, thanks. Um, I see that you've got lots of young, chipper people working for you, are they all gluten-free
2: or, I mean, is there yeah. a prerequisite to your hiring? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, some people that work for me eat that way, but then some don't, but they all enjoy eating my treats. And, you know, they, the benefit of working here, they get a 50% discount. So they like that. Wow. And, um, you know, I have, I offer gluten-free sourdough bagels and, we toast them here for people and serve it with a non-dairy cream cheese that's made locally here. And that's very popular. And the people that work here every now and then will eat one for lunch. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so that's, um, that's a good thing. They enjoy
1: that. Nice. And um, you, do you have uh, birthday parties, celebrations that you set up for people or?
2: Um, no, but we do provide birthday cakes uh, for people. And, We'll even do a vegan cake if somebody needs that. But uh, we offer different sizes. We have a small cake, a medium cake, and a large. And we do carrot cake or chocolate or vanilla. Do you do any kind of uh, wholesales for restaurants? Yes. Um, Sometimes, you know, some of the stores and uh, restaurants around here will buy wholesale from me. For example, there's a bakery here down the street that doesn't offer gluten free they don't they cannot make gluten free in their kitchen because it would be contaminated so they buy some gluten free brownies and zucchini bread and cookies from me and sell them in their bake shop or nice. bakery mm-hmm.
1: so do you have any plans to expand i know you, you know, just opened
2: yeah i know you know one thing that has been brought up to me and maybe you never know what's going to happen is maybe franchising Uh, you know kind of duplicating what I do so who knows in the future uh, something like that or maybe um, opening up a satellite store in the uptown area of Sedona Mm -hmm. Uh, that's been talked about but you know I think I need to get established here first and then uh, kind of expand from there.
1: Are you familiar with uh, uh, raw vegan do you do any raw
2: vegan? Uh, we don't do any raw vegan. Um, you know, like I said, my all of my products are dairy-free and some are, are uh, vegan, but we don't do any um, of the raw. We don't uh, do that very much. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, let's see. Um,
1: any final words to our listeners about your
2: journey to gluten-free? Yeah, I would say... Um, You know, it's worthwhile investigating if gluten is an issue or not, and I think the easiest way to do that is to just avoid gluten for a couple weeks religiously without having it at all, and then adding it back and really seeing how you feel. That'll really help to um, bring it to your attention if it is causing problems, because Inflammation in the body is what leads to disease, and anything that's causing inflammation, including foods, um, are best to uh, resolve and get and get away from. So, and also, you know, there's so many things out there right now that are so much better than they were years ago, Um, and and what I offer people is really delicious, along with being uh, having more nutritional value. So I think that it's worthwhile checking into, especially if, if anyone is having any issues going on. Uh, it's worthwhile looking into for sure. So an
1: elimination, elimination diet of uh, two weeks, is that enough time? Uh,
2: yeah, that's, that's what I used to tell my clients uh, is to, because it's a shorter time and it will actually um, show you. Once you completely eliminate it, as long as you're being religious during those two weeks and you add it back, uh, usually it's enough time to show you what kind of a reaction you're going to have when you uh, add it back in. And do you recommend a journal? Uh, sure, definitely. To keep track of what kind of reactions that you're having to different things, especially when you're adding them back.
1: Okay. hmm Well, I want to remind our listeners to like our show on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram, and give us a five-star rating. And you can find more information about our topics of discussion today on all the top social media platforms. And please click the link here on my host page to check out my new cookbook, What the Food, with over 80 delicious recipes and lots of gluten-free I have vegan, vegetarian dishes with a few poultry and fish recipes as well. No red meat or pork. Sorry, folks, if that's your thing. But you can also buy a copy of my What uh, my God-Made Organics, not GMOs, on the, the website. And you can watch our eight-minute What the Food eight, uh, documentary trailer at www.whatthefoodfilm.org. That's what thefoodfilm.org. And you still have time to make a tax deductible donation on the site before the year's end. We are a nonprofit. Proceeds from your purchases and donations. Go toward our documentary work in progress. And then check out heavenlyyoga.com. That's Heavenly yoga with 1y Heavenly Oga to subscribe, subscribe to my 24/7 yoga classes. Or join my partner Mindy and me for a revitalizing retreat at Harmony and Heart Retreats in gorgeous and serene Sedona next year. Hopefully, we'll be able to do that with the COVID being gone by then. And just click the banner here on the host page or go to harmonyandheart.com to get more information. We have very limited availability for the retreat, believe it or not. And tune in next week for my interview with Haley Hyatt. Haley is our research assistant on what the food documentary and Haley has worked tirelessly for the nonprofit sector for many years, helping the underserved and homeless. And she will share her view on what it's like for people in our country that have little to no access to nourishing food. And Karen, I want to thank you again for sharing your passion for health with our listeners Oh, you're welcome. Any final departing words for our listeners, Karen?
2: No, only uh, I would say I hope everyone has a happy new year and a healthy new year, and hopefully, twenty twenty one will be a much better year for out for all.
1: <laughs> Gosh, yes, I sure hope so. Yes, and I'm seeing here that you have uh, entertainment on your uh, Facebook page. Are you doing anything for New Year's Eve for entertainment for the um, uh, with the bakery?
2: Yeah, no, I don't think so, because it's gotten really colder here. Ah. I'm having um, entertainment once in a while, playing music outside during the nice weather. But it's kind of on hold for now. Okay.
1: Well, thanks again for joining me today. And as always, I remind our listeners to be kind to yourselves, be kind to your families, and be kind to all you touch That includes our earth and everything on it. Have a happy new year and
0: be well and safe. Thank you for joining host Karen Van Barneveld and What the Food. Be sure to tune in for another episode next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern time and 11 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. We'll talk again soon.